Christchurch, New Malden, Sunday the 2nd of October 2022, 9.30 service. Tim Davis speaking on Getting the Most Out of Harvest. Good morning everyone, great to see you here at uh, this Harvest Festival service. Um, continuing on the theme from uh, when I was preaching a few weeks ago on getting the most out of worship, uh, I'm back with my handy top tips. In this case, it's how to get the most out of harvest. Uh, so number one on my list of top tips for getting the most out of harvest, play in the band at the 9.30 service. <laughs> Why? Because you are literally within arm's reach of all kinds of goodies, a bounty of goodies to help yourself to. In fact, that's actually 1A of my top tips. Uh, the 1B is you know, make sure you're playing a musical instrument and bring a double bass case that you only carry a violin in. That way you can stash so much in there and no one's going to know. Um, I have to say, Jamie, we're going to trust you. Your violin case is clearly the right size as your violin. But has anyone wondered why Graham needs such a large case for a French horn? Uh, number two on my uh, list of top tips for getting the most out of harvest. Be one of the poorest, most vulnerable members of your community and receive some of the wonderful items donated to here today because you have no other means of feeding your family. They're not laughing at that one. Something feels a bit different this year, doesn't it? Now, harvest has always been a time of celebration. We used to celebrate um, the harvesting of crops and produce that would last for the months ahead. And we gathered in churches to give thanks to God and to share some of the produce which would either be used by the church or increasingly as years went by would be distributed to people in the parish. Now many of us, I'm sure, have childhood memories of harvest festival services at school and church where you'd bring your gifts and maybe one of your parents might be involved in making up a harvest gift box with reams of torn up tissue paper and lots of all the gifts given to uh, distribute to some of the old folks and needy people in the area. You know, perhaps these sort of images uh, might be what you're kind of thinking when you think of Harvest Festival. You know, like the, the wonderful harvest box, nicely decorated. Uh, I can pretty much guarantee that in that bottom left one I can count at least four, probably five tins of Prince's tinned meat. Uh, they were the staple of Harvest gift boxes, weren't they? Uh, so actually, you know, um, we can see quite a few of those things here as well today. I'm definitely looking at some tin, no, Prince's corned beef there. Um, so it's good to know that actually maybe things don't change so much over the years. Um, which leads me on to my next top tip. So if you want to really entertain yourself for a harvest and get the most out of it, turn it into a competitive form of entertainment by playing 90s, 1980s harvest produce bingo. See how many of those typical things that you would always expect to see in your 1980s and 1970s harvest gift box we've got on our, um, on our table today. Uh, so here we go, this is my bingo card and perhaps maybe the first one might be the giant marrow. There would always be somewhere the giant marrow, wouldn't there? Um, well, if anyone got that on a bingo card, we haven't got it today, sadly. That's a shame. Um, number two, ah, the oversized Granny Smith cooking apple. Literally, you know, one casserole dish is all you could have because it would take up that much space in the oven. Uh, next one, would you have 20 or 30 or even 40 tins of ambrosia rice pudding donated in your harvest thing? You know, if it's 40, he's hoping there's real generosity on that. Or they want like two for one in Aldi or something. Um, how about this? Would you have two, maybe three, or even four different flavours of Angel Delight being donated? Yeah. Uh, and finally, 
would 10 or 20 or even 30% of the stuff being donated be woefully out-of-date tins of produce <laughs> like that? Um, well, if actually you're finding that that isn't quite working, how about a different bingo game? Uh, number four on my list of top tips for getting the most out of harvest, see if any of these urgently needed items for the food bank have been donated. There's quite a few there. I guess that's good. Um, I must admit, I'm feeling a bit of a killjoy at times this morning. Pretty kind of destroying the vibe here, I think. <laughs> well, if that's happening, then I think you need to turn to tip, top tip number five on my list of top tips for getting the most out of harvest. And that is to bring the entertainment back into harvest. That's right, I'm putting the festive back into harvest festive all. Um, now, back in the 16th century, uh, and this is something I learned a few years ago, and I've been really wanting to see brought back into harvest celebrations, um, it was traditional to cry out, hookie, hookie, around the time of harvest. Why? Well, I'm only going to tell you if you indulge me and you all cry out, hookie, hookie. So I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Hookie, hookie. Fantastic. Uh, I have to say, I don't actually definitely know the reasons why hookie, hookie. I just wanted to hear you say that. Um, but um, that phrase, hookie, hookie, was contained uh, in a song which featured in a 16th century harvest play. And it went uh, like this. Merry, 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 cheery, cheery, cheery. Trowel the black bowl to me. Hey, derry, derry, with a pop and a lorry. I'll throw it again to thee. It's catchy, isn't it? We don't need we plough the fields and scatter. We've got this. Thank you. We have shorn and we have bound and we have brought Harvest Town, town home. Um, and now it is thought actually that the possible origin of the word hookie was from a 16th century translation of the Bible where in verse 6 of Psalm 126 it says this. Um, he home returns with hockey cry with shoes full laid abundantly. And our modern-day translation of uh, Psalm 126 says this, those who go out weeping or carrying seed to sow will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Um, so this harvest cry, huki, means joy. See, I've made harvest joyful again. Yay! And it's all thanks to the Bible. Um, why don't we see what else the Bible has to say about harvest? Seems a good start. When you're harvesting in your field, this is good, uh, and you overlook a sheaf, do not go back in to get it. Leave it for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord may bless you in all the works of your hands. When you beat the olives from your trees, do not go over the branches a second time. Leave what remains for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. When you harvest the grapes in your vineyard, do not go over the vines again. Leave what remains for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. Bit of a pattern there. Okay, let's go to the New Testament. Um, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother, hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister with whom they have seen cannot, lo cannot love God whom they have not seen. 
And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born, that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God. By loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. Sometimes I really do think that you don't actually need someone like me at the front talking about this, because the Bible just seems to put it so obviously, so well. And I hope it's really not too difficult to see where I've been going with this this morning. Harvest has always been a time of celebration uh, and giving thanks to God but it's also always been a time to remember the needs of those less fortunate than ourselves and to care for them, sharing with them, sharing with those who have little, what we, by comparison, often have in abundance. The whole of that reading we heard it's from John, uh, 1 John chapters 4 and 5, I think contains some of the most beautifully written verses in the whole of the Bible. Jane and, e, Jane and I even had it at, uh, some of it read at our wedding. But today, at Harvest, I think those words are deeply challenging. They are so simple and obvious, yet also designed not just to encourage, but to disturb, to provoke a reaction, a response. If you love God, then you must love those around you. This is how we display the marks of faith, of being Christians. And at this time of year, we are massively challenged to give, to share, to provide aid to people in situations we've not had to face ourselves. And we hope to God that we don't ever find ourselves in such desperate need. But if we did, we hope to God again that the people around us in church today would help us. This year, all of our donations, not just the food, but also the financial gifts given today, are going to support Kingston Food Bank. Does that bother you? Does Harvest feel almost a bit political this year when we do things like this? Well, I happily tell you now that it bothers me. Food banks have started to feel like a new branch of the emergency services. People, families with nowhere to turn are having to rely on these handouts from food banks to feed themselves. Now, some of us may find it easy to say, you know, well, this is the fault of the current government and their policies over the last 10, 12 years. So why do I have to fix their problem? Or you might say, well, clearly this is the fault of the person who needs to reach out to a food bank. They've not been cautious or careful enough with their living. So why should I have to fix their problem? The problem is it doesn't excuse us from responding. I do. We are called to show love to all our brothers and sisters here on earth. Because that is how we demonstrate that we love God. Who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. And so at harvest time, 
We don't try and show off by bringing in the biggest marrow that anyone has ever seen or use it as an opportunity to get rid of a couple of the tins of corned beef that we found at the back of the cupboard, which had a best before date of 2018. Instead, we give, we share. We, who, by comparison to those with little or nothing, we who have so much, take what we have been blessed with by God and give it to others in need to share in that blessing. In Kingston, we have five food banks, of which the one at the Baptist Church, just down on Kingston Road, is our nearest outlet. Earlier this week, uh, I spoke with Dave Pamphilian, uh, who's from St. John's and helps run that particular food bank. And he said that they currently have about 20 people coming each week on a weekly basis to use their services. Now, allowing, allowing for the fact that these 20 people probably represent families, that's probably... 40 to 50 people a week on our doorstep having to use a food bank in order to feed themselves and their families. That's 200 to 250 people potentially in this affluent borough of Kingston upon Thames who are in such desperation that they have been referred to the food banks. In the coming weeks, when the increase in energy bills really bites, and the increased cost of pretty much everything means even more people are having to make the choice whether to heat or eat. Kingston Food Bank is expecting a significant increase in the number of people being referred to access their services. Now, hopefully, they can expect a kind of bumper harvest uh, from churches like ours who will be donating all our harvest gifts at this time. But what happens when that's gone? Depressingly, this list is not going to change. In a week's time, the food banks will still need more of these items. In the coming weeks, the electricity and gas vouchers that the food bank can supply in very limited quantities to people in need will have even less impact, meaning the help they receive won't help as much as it needs to. In the coming weeks more and more people will be pushed into poverty and start being referred to food banks who are already oversubscribed with demand. And in the coming weeks, God will still be calling you to help those much worse off than yourself. We love one another because God first loved us and was willing to do whatever it took to help us. And so we can't not be prepared to help, to be challenged at this harvest time, to offer what we have to those in need. Harvest is a time when we rightfully celebrate abundance and give thanks to God. And more than ever, it's now a time when we immediately have to think what we do with all the abundance in our lives? How do we ensure it gets shared out with everyone? Getting the most out of harvest. I actually only have one top tip, really, this week for doing that. Use it as an opportunity to show you love God by showing love to those around you who are in need.